0: Good morning, church family. Great to be with you this day as we look to God's word. Let's just bow our heads in prayer before we start. Lord Jesus, we come before you this day, another day to serve you, to look to your word. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts here present would be acceptable in your sight. Lord, I pray that each of us would have a fresh encounter with you by the power of your Holy Spirit this morning. Would you give us godly understanding as we look to the scriptures this morning? Be with us, Lord. It's in your precious name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Friends, please uh, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, if you haven't already. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be looking at verses 16 to 18 this morning. Now, friends, this morning is our last Sunday in our series on prayer, and today we're going to be capping it all off and looking at what Jesus's words are when it comes to fasting. Now, just a quick recap here. In the last few weeks, Jesus has taught us how to and how not to pray. And we've seen this as we've moved through Matthew chapter 6, right? We learned that we would not pray with the intention to be seen by others. We also learned that we should spend time daily in secret. In solitude, praying to our Heavenly Father as we come to know him more and more. We also learned in Matthew 6 that we must not heap up empty phrases or focus on eloquent words, but that our heart must be engaged in prayer. Jesus has also shown us how to pray in the form and flow of the Lord's Prayer that we see in Matthew 6 that the Lord's Prayer, friends, would be the core of our prayer life as Christians. And last week, we saw the crucial yet difficult role that forgiveness must play in the Christian life, as well as reconciliation when possible. Friends, let us not leave this prayer series without checking our hearts and habits when it comes to prayer, right? That we would establish new daily rhythms of prayer friends that as a church as Christians that we would not allow our life to be guided by the secular schedule but let us make a prayerful life a priority as J.C. Ryle said in his book Do You Pray which is a great book you should get your hands on it he said this a habit of prayer is one of the surest marks of a true Christian Start today, friends. Forget wasting time on your phone. Forget wasting time binging the Netflix show. Focus on Christ. Focus on God. Make a prayerful plan to spend conscious time with your Heavenly Father in secret. Jesus says, when you pray, the question for you and for me, is do we do we pray well we can start changing our prayer life today that we'd prayerfully read and study and feed on god's word and in rest and in quietness right shutting out the worldly noise focusing on heavenly things first and foremost this takes discipline of course that we would live in the world but not of the world and so Let us pray more. Let us speak to and listen to God more in daily prayer. And now, friends, let's turn to Matthew 6, verses 16 to 18, as we talk about prayer and fasting. Look at verse 16. Jesus says this, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Now, in verse 16, we see that Jesus assumes that his disciples will fast, even as he assumes that they will give alms and that they will pray as well. We saw that earlier in Matthew 6. Now, he doesn't say, if you pray, right? He says, when you pray, right? Whenever you are at prayer, this is how to do so. So with fasting, in verse 16 and going forward, He doesn't say, if you fast, right? He says, when you fast, right? Whenever you fast, this is how you are to do so. Now, I'm aware, friends, for some of you, you may have fasted before. You may fast regularly. Some of you may never have fasted. And some of you may not know really much about it or where to start. And that's all right. Whatever the case may be, we're going to drill into this discipline of fasting, as we see in the text this morning, together as a church family. So let's do so firstly in scripture we always see a clear link between fasting and prayer right there's always a link between prayer and fasting now even in this passage here in Matthew 6 we can start to see Jesus's logic right as he speaks of prayer right we've been speaking of prayer this whole time and then now he speaks of fasting here in verses 16 to 18 in prayer friends right that our that our minds would be prayerfully oriented towards god right and in fasting that we would deny our physical desires for a time in order to devote ourselves to deeper prayer a focus on repentance and petition right that our our whole mind and body our whole self would be engaged in deep focus on the heavenly right on the eternal on jesus christ through prayer and fasting now we will get into the specifics of this passage in a second but for now let's just understand what the scriptures say about fasting in general now we got to get this straight fasting is something to be linked with prayer okay biblical fasting is always purposeful and it's always prayerful important for us to note biblical fasting is not a diet it's not intermittent fasting to, to look a certain way or to go with your workout program. But biblical fasting here, what Jesus is talking about, get the context, is aimed at the purpose of increased intensity in prayer. Right? He's been speaking about prayer, now he speaks about fasting. So fasting in prayer, in which your whole self, right, body and soul, body and mind, is engaged. Now friends, this idea of fasting could look like many things for us. Maybe that's a day or two weekly or monthly devoted to prayer and fasting, feeding on God's word, right? Leaning in, pressing in, and praying with deep intention for a specific purpose. Maybe that's a 24-hour fast from food or a day devoted to increased prayer, right? Maybe that's a morning or an afternoon or an evening, battling the tendency to satisfy every worldly appetite and instead looking to God in prayer and ultimately friends through this reminding yourself of what truly nourishes your soul okay relying on him so when we speak of this concept of fasting we're we're speaking of the practice of refraining from eating for a time of prayer right? A prayerful day, a a prayerful posture with purpose. Now, in a deep sense, as Jesus speaks about fasting, in fasting, instead of eating, you're praying, right? Instead of eating, you're you're feeding on God's word. Now, you also might hear the term abstinence, which is also related to fasting. Abstinence, specifically, is to refrain from some particular type of food, But fasting, friends, in general, instead of eating, you're praying, right? Refraining from eating for a time of prayer. It's purposeful, it's prayerful. We see this in Jesus's logic here in Matthew 6. Now, also important for us to note, fasting can become prideful when it's done with the wrong intention, just like prayer. And this is what Jesus deals with in verse 16, and we'll get there in a second. But the discipline of fasting, friends, is meant to provide exercise and self-control and to focus our attention on God, right? Again, biblical fasting is not the same thing as a diet or a self-improvement effort. The focus is not on self, but on God, as we turn to prayer with more attention and more effort. Now, quick context here. In the scriptures, in the Old Testament, for example, we hear of fasting on the Day of Atonement, as well during the exile, we hear of regular fasts that took place, and in addition to national fasts, both the Old Testament and the New Testament describe fasting, whether that's personal or group fasts, with a variety of purposes. Now, especially the focus is to, to be focusing on God in prayerful repentance, we see that many times, or to lay some special petition before the Lord. Now, for example, think in Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas prayed and fasted when they appointed elders, right, when they appointed church leaders. We also see, friends, in the Old Testament, this discipline of fasting. Fasting can become a problem when it's purely formal and largely hypocritical, okay? For instance, in Isaiah 58, which I won't go there now, but in Isaiah 58, men fasted, right? They fasted from food, but they did not share their food with the hungry that were right around them, right? Jesus cares about our intention when it comes to prayer, when it comes to fasting, when it comes to anything that we do in this spiritual walk, So as we've seen again in our prayer series thus far, Jesus is quite concerned with our heart posture, right? Our intention. So let's look at verse 16. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Right? Jesus does not want his disciples to fast with the intention to be seen by others, Right, this would be fasting like the hypocrites, right? The, the play actors, those who are putting on a show, right? We saw this already when we talked about prayer as well. Same kind of logic here. If we are fasting as disciples of Christ, we must not look gloomy or disfigure our faces. We must not look disheveled outwardly so that we receive public attention, right? So that we're trying to appear holier than thou or something of that sort. Jesus doesn't have any time for that. Just like with prayer, the reward for fasting in this way, if we are fasting just for public attention, our reward really would be public attention and nothing more. Well, and lack of intimacy with God that we can access through prayer, through deepened prayer as we come to know him more and more, well, with prayer and fasting as well. Jesus does not call us to egoic displays. Jesus instead calls us to deepened prayer, purposeful prayer with our Heavenly Father in secret who knows us and loves us and calls us to deeper intimacy with him. Let's look at verses 17 and 18 now. Jesus moves on here. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that you're fasting may not be seen by others but by your father who's in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you all right so disciples are to fast but disciples must not look gloomy when they fast right fasting is an inward discipline not an outward display again as we've said again and again jesus is concerned with the intention of our hearts are we praying Or fasting to be seen by others? Or are we praying and fasting to deepen our focus on God? To feed on God's word? Is it purposeful that our whole self would be engaged in this? So intention matters, friends. The why. The why matters. Just like in anything that you do, intention matters. So here as well. In fact, friends, if our prayer or fasting ever becomes empty, we, we have to take a step back. We must take a step back and get our intentions in order. Right, Jesus cares about the heart. So why are we praying? Why are we fasting? How are we praying? How are we fasting? Are we doing what Jesus is calling us to here in Matthew 6? Verses 17 and 18, look there with me, please. Jesus calls us not to look disheveled when fasting, right? But essentially, get dressed, have a shower, put in your hair gel, look the same as if you were not fasting, right? Do your daily routine, your normal routine. Nothing should appear different about you when others see you. You should not be wearing a sign that says, hey, I'm fasting today, right? Or I'm praying today. Jesus doesn't have any time for this. He doesn't have any time for prideful displays, especially, friends, when tied to religious observances. And how many times this has gone wrong in the past throughout church history. So we have to check our intentions and check our heart when we look to prayer and fasting and anything that we do. Jesus doesn't want egoic displays. He wants your heart. This is deep work not a display. So in verses 17 and 18, anoint your head, wash your face, right? Now, context here, in many places in scripture, anointing one's head symbolized rejoicing, but more of the context in this passage, this anointing was also part of the first century Jews' daily routine, right? So he's saying, do your daily routine, right? Don't wear that sign that says, I'm fasting today, Now, if someone was in this context in the first century, if someone was not to anoint themselves, this would be advertising their self-denial to a human audience, right? And again, as we've seen through our prayer series, Jesus does not want egoic displays. So, pray, fast, not to be seen by others, but to experience deeper intimacy with your Heavenly Father. It's purposeful. It's prayerful the right heart posture and the reward then for this the reward really is a deeper conscious reliance on God a deeper experience of the benefits of eternity in his presence even now a deeper experience than of his love and mercy for you in Jesus God who ultimately satisfies your hunger Okay, let's look a little more deeply at this practice of prayerful fasting. So we've spoken about proper intentions, right, when it comes to fasting. But let us now drive to the core here of what proper fasting points us towards and reminds us of, right? So we said that to fast, to fast is to deny physical desires in order to devote yourself to deeper prayer. Prayer that's intentional and purposeful. Right? In fasting, you battle the tendency to satisfy every appetite, right? putting your self-indulgence in check, focusing on God. Ultimately, friends, that we would not be slaves to our appetite and that we'd remember the deep truth that we see in Matthew chapter 4, right, that we do not live on bread alone, but we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God we see this in Matthew 4 when when Jesus fasts and undergoes temptation by the devil so fasting and fasting we're reminded that we don't live by our own strength we rely on our heavenly father now our minds our, our sinful minds friends sometimes need these physical reminders right and fasting is a physical reminder for us we don't live by our own strength. We, we rely on God. And so disciples of Christ fast in order to nourish their hunger for God and to diminish their hunger for the world. Now, again, important for us to note as we look to a discipline like fasting, there is such thing as legalistic religion that pushes man-made rules and imposes them on others. This is not pure religion. This isn't what James talked about when he spoke about what pure religion is. Religion that's pure and undefiled. Legalistic religion that pushes man-made rules and imposes them on others. There's such thing as that. There's also self-made religion that features severity to the body that St. Paul points out has no value in stopping self-indulgence. He says that in Colossians 2. So we need to look to Scripture when we look to the discipline of fasting. What Jesus calls us to hear, rather, in Matthew 6, is to pray and fast with the right intentions, sincerely, and with humility, right? Following his instructions in Matthew 6. So then, in true fasting, in true fasting, you are reminded that worldly food will never ultimately satisfy your hunger and thirst, right? In fasting, you're, you're called to set your gaze upon Jesus as you rely on him. Jesus who nourishes you and sustains you and, and ultimately satisfies that deep hunger inside. The physical hunger in, in fasting points you to Jesus who is your true source of nourishment and life, right? Do you see the core of the idea behind this now? The physical hunger The physical hunger pains come and then you press into Jesus more and more. It's a reminder for you of where your true source of nourishment lies. So friends, let's drill into this. Let's see the deep spiritual application behind this practice of fasting. Let's see what fasting points us to and reminds us of. Now friends, maybe you're sitting here this morning... And you know that throughout your life, there's been this deep longing in your soul, right? This, this hunger for purpose and truth and life and happiness and peace and, and joy, this deep hunger. But nothing's quite satisfied. You've been hungry. You, you know that there's more. You know it. You know there's more. And the things of the world have not satisfied your hunger. So often, friends, we want to fill our hearts with food and stuff and entertainment, looking to career or money or pleasure or fame, but it doesn't satisfy the hunger inside. It doesn't. Friend, maybe you've been hungry your whole life for meaning, for truth, for love, for joy. Well, friend, let me tell you how you can satisfy your hunger and thirst. Friends, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. This should be on page 888 and 889 in the regular print. The Gospel of St. John chapter 4. In John 4, we hear of the account of Jesus and the woman of Samaria. Right, this, this story of a woman coming to draw a well, or draw water, rather, at this well, constantly. The woman at the well. Look at John 4, verses 13 to 15. Let's read this and pull out a spiritual application. Jesus said to her, to the woman, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Friend, let's pull out a spiritual application. I heard one pastor say it like this. When Jesus says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Well, what is this? The waters, we can read it as the waters from the wells of the world, the worldly wells. Friend, hear this today. Maybe you have been going to the wells of the world to try to satisfy that deep thirst of your soul. You've gone again and again to the worldly well, right? Again and again and again. Whether that's the well of entertainment or the well of pleasure or the well of money or the well of sex or the well of fame or career or worldly success. And none of it has worked. You're still thirsty. You're still thirsty. The water, friends, from the wells of the world will not satisfy your thirst. You'll have to keep going back again and again and again. You won't be satisfied. In that way. But look what Jesus says. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Ever. Friend, stop looking for heavenly drink in earthly wells. How can you satisfy your thirst? Come to Jesus. Through faith in Christ, Friend, Christ who alone nourishes you, Christ Jesus, he is the one whom your soul has always hungered for, has always longed for. Christ, the heavenly king, the source of eternal life and happiness, Jesus fulfills the deep-seated thirst of your soul. Friend, you know. You know the well that you keep going to again and again to be happy for meaning, for purpose, for truth, but it's never worked. The invitation's here. Come to Jesus. You will never thirst. Friend here today, believe in him. Maybe for the first time. Maybe for the first time today, believe in Christ. And Christian here, maybe you need this reminder. Remember where your true source of nourishment lies. You have access to heavenly food. You will no longer thirst. You've been seeking joy and happiness in life. But the world won't satisfy. But Jesus will. Then you'll be living with inexpressible joy even amidst worldly suffering. And you'll live a joy-filled life with a purpose and a good aim. An unshakable foundation for your life. Christians here today. In prayer and in fasting, remember where your true source of nourishment lies. Let fasting point you to the one who sustains you. You will never find living water from the wells of the world. He is your source of life. He is your source of nourishment through your living faith in him. Don't forget this. We need these reminders Even as Christians, those who have been born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, we need these reminders. We have it in prayer and fasting. This is a reminder for us. Now, Jesus goes on in John's Gospel, in John 6, verses 33 to 37, for example. And now he speaks of himself as the bread of life. Right? The bread of life. Friends, don't hunger for worldly things. The worldly bread... You've been hungry for God this whole time. You've been hungry for the heavenly. He is the one who satisfies your hunger. Jesus says in John 6 35 I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Hear these truths from Scripture. Come to Him. Believe in him. Christian here today, remember to feed on him by faith in prayer and fasting again. As the physical hunger pains come, remember that your spiritual hunger is only satisfied in Christ. Press into him. Press into his word. Let the hunger and fasting point you to Jesus. Your hunger for the heavenly satisfied in him. Jesus, the bread of of life, food for the soul. Friend, Jesus is the only way to eternal life, the only way to reconciliation with God. When we were dead in our trespasses and sins, Christ went to the cross and died for us. A perfect sacrifice once offered to bear the penalty of our sins, and he rose from the grave victorious, and now through faith in him, you will never thirst. Through faith in him, you may enter new life. Sustained by the bread of life, heavenly food. Through faith in him, you gain the forgiveness of your sins, his perfect record credited to your account, and eternal life. He is the bread of life. He is the food from heaven that saves us. So, you don't need to fill your lives to the brim with worldly things. We don't need to do it. Instead, overflow with living water, an eternal well that never runs dry, endless nourishment through faith in Jesus Christ. Christian here today, fast from worldly things for increased intensity in prayer. Fast from worldly food at times to be nourished by the heavenly food in Christ. It's a reminder for you. Fast from the digital age and focus on the eternal. Fast from social media and be nourished with the content of God's word. Fast from the pleasures of the world and find eternal pleasure, joy, and happiness in Christ. You'll never be thirsty again. Joy and happiness in Christ. You have access to heavenly food now. Come to him. You who are thirsty for more, Receive the forgiveness of your sins and eternal life. Come to him and drink. Find meaning and truth and grace. The peace of Christ to be with you this day. He will provide for and nourish you. Now, turning back to Matthew 6, I encourage you, friends, maybe later today, read through the rest of this chapter and you'll see the rest of Jesus' logic here. Worldly treasures won't satisfy either. You'll see that in verses 19 to 21. Don't allow your lives to be guided by the ways of the world. There is far more to life than the food you put into your stomach. There's far more to life than the money you have or the clothes that you wear. Instead, live the way of Jesus. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. And he is the way. He calls us, friends, to a way of of life are we living this way or are we content too often with the ways of the world which will never ultimately satisfy that deep hunger and thirst friends make conscious space in your lives for the heavenly fasting and prayer will help you with this heavenly focus this hunger for the heavenly hunger and thirst for righteousness and in christ you will be satisfied knowing that feeding on Christ is only possible because God, the Holy Spirit, has caused you to be born again and granted you the gift of faith to believe. Friend here today, believe in him. Be saved. No longer thirst. And so, friends, as we come to the end of this sermon and the end of our series on prayer. Take stock of your spiritual life. Jesus calls us to a way of life. This is not the way of the world. Our lives should not look like the lives of the world. Start implementing new prayerful practices today. Now, we sent out a resource list that may help you with this to establish a new daily rhythm of prayer. Make it happen. Start today. Maybe that's a morning and evening prayer. Maybe that's midday prayer. Whatever it is, make a daily plan. To spend more time with your heavenly father in secret. Taking time in silence and solitude and Sabbath rest. Not resting by watching TV, but resting in contemplation and prayer and meditation on God's word. Or maybe out enjoying his creation or spending time with loved ones. Or focusing on the good, the true, and the beautiful. Take time to practice consciously living in the presence of God. Prayer will help you with this. Fasting will help you with this. Set your minds on the heavenly things, not just on Sundays, not just in Lent, but every day. Pursue unceasing prayer and pursue fasting as a way to increase your intensity in prayer at times. Because friend, ultimately, the more conscious time that you spend with your heavenly Father in secret, the more that you will know of his love for you In Jesus. Spend time with Him. Sometimes in prayer and fasting to dial up the intensity. He calls you to a way of life. Are you living this way? Am I living this way? Well, friend, start today. Pray. Establish a plan. Spend time with your Heavenly Father. We want to be a church that prays more, friends, and that starts with each of us in secret with our heavenly father spending time as we head into the easter season friends we invite you to our daily evening prayer services that we're going to have during holy week seven o'clock every night leading up to good friday we're going to read scripture and pray maybe that can be the start of something please do come out so as we come to the end of this sermon and the end of our series on prayer again i do hope that this leaves you with steps to take in your life when it comes to prayer and fasting But let us remember something very important. Let us remember always that it's by his fasting and temptation, by his obedience, by his cross, by his passion, by his death and resurrection, by his work, we have been delivered through faith because of what he has done on our behalf. When our life of prayer and fasting and any form of obedience is imperfect, His life of prayer and fasting and obedience has been sufficient for our salvation. By his grace, we have been saved through faith, a gift of God, not the result of works. Now let us then live fruitful, obedient lives in Christ, true saving faith that bears fruit as we feed on him in our hearts by faith and with thanksgiving. Friends, may the peace of Jesus Christ be with you today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this series that we've been going through on prayer. Lord, you've called us to a way of life, a heavenly way. Ultimately, Lord, as we look to prayer, as we look to fasting, let it be a reminder for us of where our true source of nourishment lies. Friend here today, you've been searching for that meaning and truth and life. You will find it in Jesus. Come to him. Drink. Your hunger and thirst will be satisfied. Believe in him and be saved. Lord God, it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen.